Bar, first things first, how are you? I'm great. Uh, I am excited. Uh, it's been a while since, uh, uh, like, this project that uh, is called the History Rocks was, uh, let's say, invented and started. And now it's uh, exciting to see that it's playing out. I mean, uh, um, it's like the culmination of the whole thing. And it's also uh, at the time when we are sort of for the band saying uh, goodbye for now, for the time period of the First World War, uh, which uh, we have been covering with two albums and a couple of other tracks. And uh, for, for a few years we have, uh, we have been in this time period. And uh, in two weeks from now on, we're, when the History Rocks project ends, we are kind of closing this history part of Sabaton. And uh, looking forward to go somewhere else. About History Rocks, because I find it very interesting. We're here in the museum and you're showing a movie. And uh, it's kind of about the education of, of a new generation of history fans, in a sense, and then combined with music. Uh, this idea of History Rocks and, and kind of the, the ed educational element that the band has, when, when did that become apparent to you? So... <clears throat> when we started to write the songs uh, about history two decades ago, mm. we, we never thought about that. We just thought that we wanted to write about something that was more interesting than uh, something we made up or are about our own lives. Or we, we couldn't come up with something that felt more interesting for us to do. So we just did it for our own ego, so to say. <laughs> and um, then uh, as time goes, um, you know, and passing, and we make more and more records with it, we get feedback from people like, ah, oh, you helped me, you know, I learned something from you. And we're like, okay, that's great. It was never our intention, but okay. But And uh, as band grows, we also get more resources to do various things around the songs. So it's a natural, I would say, evolution, like... First and foremost, we are a rock band who writes songs and uh, we do everything we can to write the best song we can possibly do and then we go and play it live. Mm. But there is some downtime in between. Like we can't always release a new song every day and we can't always play every day. So there's downtimes. And then, um, I mean, when you, we have sort of uh, used all the possible means of... Uh, I'd say, uh, marketing or, or, you know, promoted a song in the metal way, in the rock world like that, then we realized that we have, like, a, the song can get a secondary life yeah. by exploring and uh, the more uh, historical part of it. And uh, this we did in the beginning by maybe some, um, adding some elements to a video or something like that, but... Now, as the resources grow with the band, we are able to do more extensive work mm. with this. Uh, leading to the Sabaton History Channel, which is our YouTube channel, uh, where we have produced more than 120 documentary films now. And uh, that's one thing. And we have also all the historical uh, articles on our website. And we produce this... Um, uh, these, uh, what we call Sabaton animated uh, story movies, which is basically an animation of a music video with mm. some e extended um, uh, background information. Sure. 
And uh, we saw that they were pretty popular and a different way for a lot of fans to, to understand the story behind it. And uh, we do them with an animation studio called Yarnhub. And uh, I think when, when we were working on the latest album, I mean, this is the time of uh, uh, the world being locked down in Corona and stuff. And, uh, and uh, I approached them and say, hey, can we do a full-length movie? And they say, yeah, if you have a lot of time. <laughs> and I say, I think we actually do, because we're not going to go on tour for a while. So, And uh, then we started to build it at the same time, kind of, as we were writing the songs for the album. So once the song was ready, uh, we started to work on how we incorporate it into the story and how we uh, do, do the visuals for it. Uh, so it was kind of grown at the same time as the record. Okay. And um, and then after the album was done, we fine-tune it a couple of more times and uh, until what it is today. This might sound like a silly question, but why, especially with with events like the uh, First World War, where our education about it was somewhat limited, uh, and but and also because it's quite a long time ago, nobody's alive from from that era. Uh, why is it important to remember those stories, and why is it important specifically to remember kind of the the unknown stories uh, mm. like you have on the album? I mean, I, I think that all the all the most of the history is quite important to remember anyway. And uh, as you said, yes, the First World War is a little bit overshadowed. And when when we grew up in Sweden, so we studied Second World War. And then it's more or less like this uh, little thing. Why was this one called the Second World War? Was there also a first one? Yes, uh, there was a First World War. And uh, uh, you can read this book. Mm. And every Swedish person had to read All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, That was mandatory. But after that, we got no more information in school. So... I would say that I can't really remember, almost recall anything about it from from the school time. But, um, yeah, why we decided to dig so deep into the First World War? When we we did the Great War, we thought that it was uh, a good timing. It was the 100 years Mm. since uh, since the ending of it. And uh, so we felt that it was a good time to start it. And to to write about it, and um, then as we started to dig into it, we realized there is way more than for one album. It was a lot of stories, and um, I think that the First World War was uh, quite inspiring for us musically. It's a very brutal and dark. Uh, uh, the visuals of it, like uh, uh, how it looked like, how it felt, uh, it's super dark and very gruesome and brutal mm. like okay all wars are but the uh, many of them who were later were a little bit more sophisticated maybe this is uh, one of the last times when when there was just thousands of people running straight into gunfire and uh, digging the trenches in that sense right. so yeah we thought that it was a good setting for writing writing albums what is your 
overall, because you've delved into this, this period of time uh, now so much, uh, what is your overall feeling? When I think about the First World War, mostly it's shaped by Blackadder's fourth season, kind of the futility and the absurdity almost of it. Uh, what is your kind of overall feeling when you think about that war? Um, I mean, uh, I, I think maybe one of those things that I didn't f- spend so much thought about before is how it impacted the world that we mm. live in today. Uh, there were several empires that were large, that were shattered um, at, at the end of the war. So it led to new nations being born, new borders on a scale that Europe didn't see so much after. Uh, so that's one thing that I find uh, quite interesting with it. Is real music dying? What even is real music and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird and the deep questions. And we have a lot of wild stories to tell. No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in and go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts. And you mentioned the studio, uh, the animation studio Yarnhub that you worked with. And I believe you already kind of w- w- uh, were aware of them and they were aware of you. But they used the Unreal Engine. I know you have somewhat of a gaming background, you like games. Was the 3D animation, was that kind of part of the appeal? Or how did the decision making go, what type of animation you wanted? Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's their style of animation. Okay. And... Uh, uh, I did not uh, had any thoughts about that. Uh, for me, it was more about the storytelling, mm. and uh, I like uh, the. Uh, I, I first of all, I think that the voice of David, who is the the narrator, I think he has a great voice, great storytelling, very easy to understand, uh, and uh, uh, I mean, me and him, we write the scripts together. And uh, I think that uh, uh, together we just glue very well. And then the style of animation, it's, it wasn't really my decision or anything. It's wh- what they work with. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, am, I do like games and uh, I like the technology behind games a lot. And, uh, uh, and uh, I know a lot of people who work at Epic Games with mm. uh, Unreal Engine. So... Uh, uh, I, I was happy that it was used, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, and uh, but but it w- it's not the you know the strength of this uh, thing is not in really in the animation. I think it's the strength is in the storytelling. And some of these stories, uh, for instance, uh, Lady of the Dark. Uh, that's that's one of those stories where, for somebody from the Netherlands, you've never heard of that story. Um, what appealed to the band in that story particularly? And how do you kind of... Because I did see the clip on YouTube and you have that intro uh, 
uh, where she kind of shows her medals to the people who don't know, know who she is. That storytelling of kind of putting her into context and then also telling what, what she did. Um, yeah, why, how did you arrive at that uh, specific story? So for that story, it's exactly the, the thing that you mentioned there. Uh, the moment when she revealed uh, the medals to the, to the guys and they were surprised who she was mm. and the story started to come to life. So this story was, I mean, among a lot of others, sent in by fans. And uh, some, some fan from Serbia sent this one in and said, this might be a story that you never heard about. And that was right. And uh, so I read that and this is interesting. And then started to dig a little bit more. And uh, like, yeah, that's a good story. We can, we can probably fit that onto the album if we have the right song. And I, I felt, and maybe you see this differently, but because you have written songs about the more darker aspects of war, but especially with the war uh, to end all wars, it, it feels like you focused on more of the heroic aspects of, of uh, certain people. And is, is that fair to say, or how do you see this? I think that represents more or less this music that we write, um, because we don't have the stories until we have the music. Mm. So uh, th it's a little bit of a misconception, I think, from a lot of people who think that Sabaton is sitting home and like planning wha what songs we're going to write and like that. No, um, if you wouldn't know our singer, who's the main music composer of the band, he has no interest. He don't want to be controlled in any way. He just want to write the, how he feels. Mm. And then he's like, mm, uh, and then he, he is like, and then we sit down and listen. What is this? What vibe do we get? And then it's like, this is kind of heroic sound or this is sad sound. And then I go to my library of uh, things where I store and categorize uh, everything that fans are sending in or I stumble upon. And then I'm like, maybe this story would fit to that mm. because I get that kind of vibe from that song. And that's how we connect them. Do you have an example where you heard the music and immediately know, uh, knew what, what should fit with that? Or where yes, okay. uh, several. Um, and uh, I mean, if I would take one example that comes directly from the, new, uh, from the latest album, it's Dreadnought. Okay. So uh, immediately when the song started, I said to you, this is a song about ships. I was like, how do you, like, I say, oh, you stupid, you hear the chips, right? <laughs> Maybe you're right. <laughs> but do you then add elements in, once that decision kind of has been made, do you kind of tailor it to, to fit that as well, where you put maybe some kind of foghorn type of sound in? Uh, yeah, I mean, it has happened. Uh, it has happened that we have changed it a little bit. One of those examples would be Blood of Bannockburn, mm. uh, where uh, you, uh, it was a completely different idea for that song that uh, was first idea. And we started to write lyrics and then we changed the whole album idea. And uh, then uh, when I was like, hmm, I have an idea for this one, but we're going to need bagpipes because mm. it's about Scotland. So then we needed to go in and, and you know, replace uh, some parts of the song that was actually uh, supposed to be played by uh, Hammond organ okay. in that song, but it became bagpipes instead. Whenever you do these kind of 
I don't know, project is my, maybe not the right word, but, but it is very encompassing. Like, like you mentioned earlier, it's like the last couple of years have, have been in, in the mind of the First World War. I remember when I was in university, we had a, a class about the Second World War and about the Holocaust and all that stuff. And I noticed that my mind started to sit in that world, so to say, in that negative world. Do you ever kind of feel like, um, how should I put this, that, that, that your mind is too, mo too involved in, in kind of that, that uh, negative side of humanity? Yes, yes. And I think, uh, you know, for good and bad, mm. Um, that we have digged so deep into the world's history, we also um, sort of get an understanding of world politics, uh, which I would think that what is one of the important things about people should know about history. So you shouldn't really go and say, we don't like the guys, you know, uh, mm. our neighbors or whatever, or the guys on the other side of the border or whatever. I don't really know why, but I don't like them. And they don't like us. If you know about history, you probably know why you like them. And uh, you know why the world has uh, borders between every country and even why there is countries. And, so, and by understanding that, uh, I think that you, you like, see the world less, I don't know how to say, but less uh, one-sided. Mm. And uh, very often, uh, I mean, I can look at some kind of conflict and I, I can, I, even if I'm like, this is pretty clear like that, but I do have to understand that there are always different sides. And for every, uh, for every border that is uh, like the, the peaceful border between Sweden and Norway now, for example, it wasn't peaceful once upon a time. And sure. there is a reason why the border goes exactly where it is. And, uh, uh, and it's uh, important to understand that, I think, um, and, and to understand the history of, of our humanity. Hopefully to avoid... To, to get into these things again. I mean, I would love that there is a peaceful border between every country for the rest of the time. Well, unfortunately, looking at the news, it's, it's not happening soon, I think. Um, it's not happened uh, in the past, uh, I don't know, millennia. And I'm, I'm doubtful that humans going to be peaceful in the future either. So we'll just find new ways of... Uh, doing war. Well, th that's an interesting point because uh, there's this vo talk over voice in the song Versailles and, and one of the, the things she says is war will never entirely die. It will evolve, it will change and it will return sooner than we think. So th as a band, I don't need, or you can take it personally as you want, but are you optimistic kind of about uh, humanity <laughs> in a sense? Uh, I, I have hopes that humans will evolve into something better, but at this specific speech uh, that, uh, that uh, I wrote for that uh, ending there, it is more like um, this is kind of a hint to Second World War. Because mm. where, where the world ended after the First World War, the situations that how it ended was the, the growing point of why there was a second one. Sure. So uh, that's what the re ref th those words refer to. 
Um, but I, I, I will, I tend, uh, I mean, I, I try to be more positive. I, I don't want to watch, uh, but I do watch too many news and, uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's sad sometimes to see. Um, we, ha we have to think that, you know, we hopefully we have put the worst of times behind us though. I mean, there are, hopefully there won't be a third world war that we only had two. More than enough, I think. Um, more than enough. But this is interesting because you do see the other side uh, as a musician and, and touring and going to all these different uh, places. You do see the, the good in people and the, uh, the fact that everybody can uh, get together and enjoy music and, uh, regardless of their beliefs. So, so um, in terms of kind of the, the touring aspect and, and not only with the band but with this film and kind of the exposure of it, what do you hope it... it, it it gets done in a sense. Okay, so I mean the main purpose of this, why we do it in museums, is uh, of course that we have a lot of fans and uh, there's a lot of museums and as we think that history is well, it should be preserved and uh, we've been to a lot of museums and no matter where the museum is, they all kind of have the same problems that they need, uh, they need new audience and money and exposure Mm. And uh, so we have a lot of fans and uh, by sort of forcing our fans to go to support their local museum, it's our little way of contributing to the museums to give them a new audience. Do you have one memory of your youth or something where you went to a museum? I do have. Uh, I mean, yeah, yes, of course. and. Uh, um, the museums in my hometown were not so interesting, and uh, <laughs> um, but we do get to. G it was the best one was when we get to Stockholm and get to see the dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, final question. That <laughs> a final, final kind of uh, topic of question. Uh, you mentioned now this is this chapter of first uh, the first world one is closed. Where has your mind been? Uh, lately in terms of maybe a new subject, maybe a new era, maybe a new... Where does your mind go these days? Yeah, I mean, and uh, Sabaton hasn't been so active uh, touring uh, since uh, we uh, ended the last tour in, uh, in the spring. Uh, we have obviously been busy elsewhere, sure. working on new music, so I am, um, and I'm very excited. I'm not going to talk about where we're going to go. I just say, okay, we can confirm that we are moving away from the First World War and uh, we are going somewhere else in, in the history because we will still sing about history. Um, sure. but, and, and we are very excited about uh, the topic that we have chosen. We are going to the studio in the beginning of next year. Okay. So, and it, and it, it already feels very exciting. That's very good to hear. Uh, one last thought, and do you have, and this doesn't have to be somebody uh, that you're writing about now, but is there maybe some historical figure that you're really interested in, or something, somebody that you've really delved into that, you've, that you still <coughs> would like to cover at some point? I mean, me personally, I like, um, I like going backwards a little bit longer than, mm. uh, than the 20th century, and uh, medieval times are, were always for me. As a kid, the most interesting times okay. and uh, nights, uh, the, the, these times. 
and um, we haven't so many songs in this era uh, for for the like it's kind of difficult in one way to cover them because you have very little real information sure uh, but um, it, it is an interesting time that I like and maybe someday we'll dig into the, that one deeper. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Par, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Thank you.